from Relevant Magazine. It's the Relevant Podcast. It's the week of Friday, June 7th, 2013, and it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and this week's episode is brought to you by our friends at audible.com, the leading provider of premium digital spoken audio information and entertainment on the internet. Uh, it's, a, it's a service that has over 100,000 audiobooks available for you, including last week's uh, podcast guest, Jonathan Martin's new book, Prototype, uh, Francis Chan's book, Multiply. Uh, they're both on Audible. And a little foreshadowing to this week's episode. Maybe you can pick up John Acuff's new book. Hmm. Start. And I read it. Dang it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Who is that? <laughs> the podcast uh, is haunted again. Audible is offering uh, relevant <laughs> podcast listeners a special deal. Go over and get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial of their service by signing up today at audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Well, this is an unusual episode. Here with me in our Orlando studios is nobody except for our, our illustrious producer, Chad Michael Snavely. Hello, Cameron. <laughs> <laughs> On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And, and joining us for the entire show, our guest host, best-selling, New York Times best-selling author, uh, blogging extraordinaire, and Dave Ramsey promoter? I don't know. John Acuff. John Thanks Acuff for having me. And uh Cologne aficionado. That's right. That was the other. That was what I was looking for. <laughs> Have you come up with your own scent yet, John? Uh, not completely, but it involves sandalwood and a beach you forgot. You're calling it Star. It sounds very masculine. It is. I'm not above that. That worked for Usher. It's true. True. It's true. true. John, can I ask a quick question? You said you mentioned when we were doing the the promo spot that you read the book, the, the audio version of your new book, correct? I did, and it's fantastic. I mean, my voice is. A lot of people say it's like liquid honey. I don't know. <laughs> Just like I think cologne. it's like uh, like birchwood in a beach that I forgot about. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, so I read it. I add some bonus stuff. So it's a. Uh, it, it'd be weird for my type of material to have some like James Earl Jones character. <laughs> what was it? Was the experience? Did, I, I've always been curious when I'm reading a book on when I'm when I'm listening to an audio version of of the tape. What's the experience of like? Be are you in like a booth when you record? Yeah, it's it? horrible. It's the worst experience. The well, first I recorded it the first time and it was horrible, so they made me do the whole thing over again. Wait, wait how was it horrible? <laughs> I I read it like. You know how Chris Farley yells in that, like, in a van down by the river? Like, I was yeah. so excited that I shouted the whole thing. <laughs> um, so, like, people would have been driving in their car, me going, you've got to believe in a dream. And uh, they said that people don't like to be screamed at for hours on end, um, which was disappointing to me. Can, can we still get, can, can listeners still get that version? <laughs> like, it's like a B-side. You know what's better than that version? I went to a speech coach and she made me do vocal lessons, like going, move. Whoa, me! How now, brown cow? That How exists now? on CD. Unique um, New York. Yeah, and it, no, it should be yeah, exactly. Like yellow leather, red leather. <laughs> you need unique, you New York. Yeah, I'm horrible <laughs> at it. 
We'd like a B-side of that track. So, yeah, I would like to hear a clip of the original version. Actually, I'm, I'm releasing a remix with Lecrae. I got him to sit in on it. Oh, <laughs> um, so pretty pretty excited about that. Him and Tadeshi. I think it's Tadashi, um, isn't it? Well, once you've done a project, you call him what you call him. <laughs> yeah, and I was going to say, he, Cameron, he's done speech lessons. I think he knows how it's said. <laughs> <laughs> I think I know how to pronounce that name, okay? <laughs> so, hey, I, when I write something, I have to write something for each magazine, and I've been doing that for 10 years, and I hate it. And when, I, when I'm finished writing... That is the last time those words are in front of my face. Like, I will not read it when I'm oh, done. That's the worst. So you wrote a book. And I mean, because no matter what I write, no matter if it's good or not, I want to tweak it. I want to evolve it. I see things that I would say differently the next time. So you write a book. You're sitting there having to read it. Are you sitting there like cringing at any points where you want oh, to yeah, like edit? Yeah. And you find typos. Like, that's the best part. Oh, you find no. typos on a book that's already been printed. No. And so you're like... Do you read it verbatim or do you read the typo? No, you read the typo, then you cry a minute, and then you re-record that part. Oh. Because you're like uh, Ron Burgundy. You read exactly what is on there. So if it's a typo, you're going to mispronounce the word. Yeah, and I'm like, stay classy. And then I go, wait a second. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, you, you read the typo and then you call your 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 coworker and you go, hey, did we print 50,000 of these? And they go, we did. And you go, oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> you so want, yeah, why do you ask? Like, uh, no reason. Yeah, just checking. Just curious. You, here's my typo. I said that Terrell Owens had over a thousand touchdowns, which is about nine hundred off. <laughs> I was gonna say that is really good. <laughs> He's amazing. Wow. So I got my facts wow. screwed up a little bit. Wow. Has anyone called you on it, or did you just notice it when you were reading it aloud? Uh, just a bunch of men that were yeah. like, "Hey, I guess you're a girl," and I was like, "I have Pinterest, <laughs> whatever." Ter- Terrell tweeted it. He was very proud of that fact. Yeah, he said, I just surpassed uh, Jerry Rice and Everywhere. all other receivers ever. Combined. I was going to say, I didn't know he was on Tech Mobile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was him and Bo Jackson, and Howie yeah. Long was playing D. Bo Jackson and Walter Payton and T.O. Unstoppable at Tech Mobile. <laughs> we we made those teams illegal when I played. This is, yeah, well, that's like choosing Odd Job in Goldeneye. Like, you couldn't hit him. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it was like the there was like a glitch in Street Fighter 2 where M. Bison could just slide kick you. The whole match. Not fair. Can't use them. Every video game has that. I remember Mario Kart had a couple of those guys too. Just not fair. Back with remember Contra, you could be like A A B B up up down down, and you'd have like nine million lives. Yeah. So a select start in there, and you got infinite lives. Yeah, this is why I do this podcast for the issues. For the issues. Yeah. It's, pretty, it's already pretty hard-hitting. We're really <laughs> diving into 90s video game glitches. <laughs> What's the deal with warp whistles? You miss like half the game. I mean, I used them. Don't get me wrong. I used them. Yeah. I'm not judging. But I just didn't like Waterworld. You had to hold your breath the whole time. All right, so <laughs> what in the world just happened? All right, so the, all that, audible.com. If you want to get a free audio book, like... The B-Sides of Start by by John Acuff after vocal lessons. Uh, listen for his typo. Uh, audiblepodcast.com slash relevant. Okay, we have a great show for you today, uh, despite the start. Um, coming up later, we talk to one of our favorite uh, up-and-coming artists, Beautiful Eulogy. Where are they from? The Pacific Northwest. They Seattle? are. They're from Oregon. Uh, Oregon. Portland. Yeah, Portland. Uh, we talk to them later. We also have a game. John is going to play one of you, lucky listeners, in a game uh, that's coming up later as well. So, uh, John, uh, you have some news. You know, Start's been going well, hit the bestseller list. You guys had this crazy promo tour and all this stuff. But you also do events. And so um, uh, I wanted you to tell listeners about an event you're doing this fall. 
Yeah, so we're doing a two-day start conference in Nashville, and we haven't announced it yet, but we've asked you to be one of the speakers. What? And yep, indeed, <laughs> indeed. So we haven't announced um, it. Um, yeah, it's, we haven't announced that you're coming yet. We were saving it for like the punch. Of it. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be the thing that re- just seals the sellout, pushes us over the top. I believe so. Yeah, it, it, and it's a it's a different kind of event for you, right? Than than some of the other ones you've done. Yeah, this is going to be the biggest one we do. It's a it's a thousand people. Um, we're going to have musician. We're going to have a music night with Derek Webb and a guy named Steve Mokler and um, Derek's wife Sandra is going to be there. And it's just a great time because it's a thousand people that don't have to be there. Like we've all gone to events where it's like their church made them go because they had money to spend or a business their boss made them go. But it's just this two day experience of figuring out how to take a dream from a what if to kind of what is. And uh, the last five have sold out. So. Um, we're excited about it, and you can, if, as a relevant listener, you can get um, a discount on the ticket price with the code relevant if you go to johnacuff.com. Well, our, our listeners are nothing if not cheap, so that that'll oh. probably go well. So good. So johnacuff.com promo code relevant, you get a discount off the uh, admission, and hey, I'll be there hanging out the whole time. That's right. I'm, well, and people forget, you know, starting a magazine and having it be successful for ten years is next to impossible. Um, like Newsweek went out of business, so I'm, I'm excited <laughs> to talk to you about how do you run a how do you run something like that? Uh, and, you know, we've had some conversations about that already, and I think that there's a lot of people who have a dream that they're going to try to hustle on, and and they see the funny side of you, and often the handsome side, but now they'll get to see the business side it's, and the handsome and side. and the handsome side. But it's, yeah. I mean, Jesse, you can attest to this. It's really in the people that you hire right. over the years, absolutely, <laughs> and embracing so, turnover. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, like two of them, I remember, aren't there. So it's yeah, it is turnover. Yeah. Um, you got the key to success. Well, speaking of uh, embracing high turnover, you know, there's a reason why there's two people missing from from this this little room that we're in. Right, um, Tyler, who just became a permanent podcast member and not interim, he fought for that. Fought Tyler. for it. There was a he waged a public campaign, surprised us all, and said, "I fell in love with a girl in Nashville, and I'm moving." So he moved. To, he moved to Nashville. Man, everybody comes to Nashville, dude. Yeah, I know. I know. So yeah, no. Um, Tyler just moved. Um, his last day in house was Friday, and he was working for us from Nashville on Monday. So he's he's around. He's available. Yeah. We just we're still a little bitter. So we wanted him to sit out. Yeah, we put him in the, in the timeout corner this yeah. week. Uh, yeah. He's like, at the end of the bench right now. It's like, yeah. oh, oh, if I'm going to Skype somebody in from Nashville, I'm Skyping in John Acuff. Yeah. Yeah, hey, Tyler, good news. We're Skyping in from Nashville, just not you. <laughs> <laughs> Did he pull an Allen Iverson? Was he was like, practice. We're talking about practice. <laughs> so, so yeah, he all day today, he was like, I am in Chad. Like, hey, what time are we doing the podcast? So excited yeah. about the podcast. I told him five minutes before we went on that he wasn't going to be on tonight. <laughs> we made it. sure he prepared. Broke yeah. his heart. Yeah, yeah. he had like four slices ready to go yeah. so and then uh you know as everybody knows maya's been on her um summer hiatus which as of uh today she told me she's gonna she she kind of missed the podcast so she's gonna come back next week i don't know if it's for good it might, or if it's just off and on yeah but, but hey she'll be back next week i think what happened is she started listening and she realized we are horrible yeah it's really gone ourselves. down no, no 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 i think she started listening she realized that her life is better with us with us in it yes well, relevant podcast listener, your life is better with Maya in it too. <laughs> with so Maya, yeah. we apologize for the last few weeks. Yeah, yeah. so she's coming back, and uh, Tyler will be back next week as well. So, 
Um, Unless John wants to stick around, then hey, we're just gonna we're fine with that. Keep yeah, let's yeah, do we'll, it. We'll we'll keep one line open from Nashville. If <laughs> and they could just battle it out over. Hey, how about you announce it like twenty minutes before, and we have to go find where it is, like the Matrix phone call. <laughs> the yeah, first somewhere, person gets somewhere to we bring it to a phone booth in Nashville. <laughs> I love it. Okay, but at first, uh, your entertainment releases, music coming out on Tuesday, June eleventh bunch of releases surfer bloods coming out with pythons maybe they're bleeding because of the python while they were surfing yeah while they're surfing i'm assuming that's a florida band if there's pythons involved <laughs> and surfing and surfing and blood yeah, yeah. The, the almost is coming out with fear inside our bones which is the worst place to carry your Ooh, fear it's horrible yeah. joseph arthur's coming out with the ballad of boogie christ I, I don't know. Jimmy, that sounds offensive. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy E. World's coming out with Damage, Overseas with Overseas, and The Lonely Island coming out with the appropriately named The Whack Album. I'm sure that yeah, I, be, I think that has uh, a Weird Al on it. It does. does and it? I'm sure it'll be family friendly. Oh, yeah. No yeah. explicit sticker on this one. Right. So movies coming out on, uh, th- I guess, the week of June 14th, because on Wednesday, the 12th, This Is The End is coming out. It's that apocalyptic uh, one with uh, all of them, uh, Franco Everyone. and Seth Rogen, the Stoner and movie, right? The Stoner movie, yeah. yeah. I, I love how you said Franco, like James Franco's name. You just called him Franco as if you guys are good buddies. <laughs> like, oh, Franco's in it. Yeah, he texts me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, that's coming out, which which is interesting. We're gonna do a piece, I think that day, if not the day before, on the website. Uh, Hollywood has this renewed fascination with the end times. And so there's there's a number of movies coming out this summer. Right. This is just the first. It's going to culminate Rap- with, the left, with the Left Behind movie. Right. Left Behind is in motion. Rapture right. Palooza is coming out. This is the end. Yep. So uh, so there you go. Also coming out that week on Friday, the 14th. See, see, this movie is so big that, that This is the End just had to move away from it by two days. It just stepped aside. Coming out, Man of Steel. Man of Steel. It looks good. It does. It does. It's getting good early reviews. I did not know this, but, you know, Henry Cavill's in it. Amy Adams. Michael Shannon did not know these two. Russell Crowe and Kevin Costner are in it. Yeah. Mm. I, they were in the trailer. I didn't know. I didn't know those other people you named existed. Michael Cavill, Henry Cavill is uh, Superman. He was in um, the Tudors. Uh, I, that sounds like a dirty show. Christians don't watch. So whatever. <laughs> right. Is on Showtime, which and I love HBO because they always find ways to work nudity into programming. <laughs> kind of like the relevant podcast, but we're just an audio yeah. means, so you yeah. never yeah. know. So that. people you, don't realize. You listeners don't realize it, but there's. There's, a, there's a reason why Tyler and Maya left the room. It <laughs> better that. not be a pantsless uh, episode. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for your entertainment releases. Stay tuned. Up next, Slices. You're listening to Ostra. The song is Painful Like. I wonder if that's an Instagram reference. Like, it hurts you, but you, I just you can't love help yourself. Picture. You can't, yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you're Daft Punk with Give Life Back to Music. Give Life Back to Music, which is what I'd like to say their mission statement was for the new album. Really? No, Giving life I, back? it's whatever. That's, I was just, that's pretty good, actually. Because they, if you actually read any interviews with Daft Punk, you know they're robots. They wanted to make this album all analog, and they wanted to put soul back into their music. 
So they That's technically exactly were giving life back is, to music. Yeah. yeah. All right, there you go. Okay, Cypher Slices, since we are normally, you know, we have three people who bring them, two of the three are gone. Our guest host, John Acuff, is going to kick it off. Take it away, John. Yes, yeah, so my slice is about um, today, Major League Baseball announced a huge finding of players that were using PEDs or performance enhancing drugs. Wow. And they are going to suspend um, Rodriguez for it looks like 19 years. Um, which is which is um, awesome. So, so who? I'm not a baseball guy. So who are there? Any household names that were included in the findings? A Rod. A Rod was in it. <laughs> yeah, and Mauer yeah, the highest was in paid it player too. in history. Yeah. Wow. Well, that explains why he had such a long career. That's the only reason he's had yeah. such a long career. Wow. Yeah. So A Rod is going to be suspended, and the major league is really upset at him. And then Ryan Braun, who was acquitted last year, um, is going to also be suspended. Ended, and I think 18 others. But the company's name that got him in trouble is Biogenesis, which sounds like I don't know what could sound more performance-enhancing drug-sounding than Biogenesis. It sounds like it, it, it does like, sound very villainous. It yeah. sounds like the yeah. organization in the Terminator. Yeah, yeah, Sky, yeah or, Sky or like now. a villain owns it, and all of a sudden they're like, "Boy, this guy bought a lot of land and a lot of missiles." <laughs> so that's my slice, Biogenesis. And I was gonna do um, a different slice, but that's the one that I really felt like it's time for a us to take it to the streets on that issue that's good what's your slice jesse yeah jesse what do you have <laughs> okay so we first reported uh posted something about this on the website uh but there's been an update since then that uh, there are a few actors attached to the grumpy cat movie so finally yeah exactly so you know everyone's favorite meme i personally think grumpy cat is a little overrated i think half the memes on the internet aren't as funny as people think they are. But the Grumpy Cat meme, <laughs> hey, we're, we're real quick. Are, are you guys in agreement with, with me I, on that? Hey, listen, I, totally. thought it was, I thought it was wonderful when it first emerged. You think it's hilarious? No, I thought it was great. I thought Grumpy Cat originally was one of the purest, one, most wonderful memes. Like, But yeah, of course, it's diluted since then. No, but even when I first saw it, I was like, oh, okay, that, that, that cat has a slightly personified face of someone that's mildly, mildly agitated. Yeah, yeah but, but okay. So let me ask you this, Jesse: Which is worse, that the that cat gets a movie, or the Twitter account stuff my dad says gets a TV show? I w- see. At least with the Twitter account for for the show, which which didn't last very long, about despite, an hour and a half, I think. Yeah, <laughs> despite the efforts of William Shatner, uh, at least there was some you know writing uh, and like a concept there. You know, there's no concept with Grumpy Cat. It's just a it's just a picture of a grouchy cat. That's it. But so, no, so the Grumpy Cat concept is Garfield. Exactly. Just a, exactly. Oh, just, this a, just got meta. Just crotchety cat who's gonna like say you know Debbie Downer things all the time. You know, except love lasagna. <laughs> He's gonna yeah. love lasagna. Hate Mondays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the same punchline for like 20 years with Garfield. Somehow, was it who was the artist on Garfield? Jim Davis. Jim Davis. Don't act yeah. like you don't know. Jim Davis. Yeah, it made him a lot of money. Well, Will Ferrell and Jack Black are now uh, loosely attached to the Grumpy Cat movie. So let me ask, is it going to be like Alvin and the Chipmunks where it's like CGI live live action, or is it going to be an animated one like Garfield? I think that's yet to be determined mm. uh, uh, how they're going to translate it on the big screen. But that's not the only news. How are, you guys, <laughs> are you guys familiar with this internet celebrity? His name is Chris P. Bacon. He is the paraplegic pig that is in the tiny wheelchair. <laughs> I don't know what that means. I don't know what any of those words mean. <laughs> so, so I would encourage you to Google the name. 
it, you know, I was skeptical when I first heard about it, but when you see the picture, like that little pig is adorable. And little guy, he's you know, he his back legs don't work. He's got a little wheelchair. His name is Chris, and then middle initial P Bacon. He just landed a book deal. Wow. A paraplegic pig landed a oh. book deal. So I thought of a couple more internet he has a website and you can donate and order t-shirts and he says never give up never give up unless they make you into bacon not (laughs) by the way not to be confused with the professional boxer chris bacon who's a a british cruiserweight born in australia who now lives in manchester you know no one's more upset about the rise of chris (laughs) p bacon than the boxer who spent like his whole life training probably going to biogenesis yeah, and now there's a, there's a paraplegic pig that is more popular. Than yeah, when you Google Chris Bacon, sorry boxer, but he's got the first couple pages of results. There, there's a pig with a tiny wheelchair with a very inspiring license plate, <laughs> and it's overtaking you in Google search. Oh my goodness! So, so Chris P. Bacon has got a book deal, but I thought of a couple more internet animals that I think are more worthy of a book or a deal. Can I can I read some and let me let, see if you guys can give your thoughts and maybe a concept for what these book or movies would be for these. Uh, internet animals. All right. Okay, so the first, the, I think this is most obvious, the Ikea monkey. Oh, yeah. Ikea monkey. So wait, yeah. so, so you think he should have a movie? I would no, watch... No. I, you wouldn't watch an Ikea monkey movie? No, he needs to have a, a perfume. Like, he needs to have something called So Fresh and So Monkey. <laughs> See, I, just looking at the picture of him in that fur coat, in my head, I'm like, oh, he's definitely wearing cologne. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. No, he sweats cologne. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think there is more of a story there than for a grumpy cat. I would agree yeah. with you. Yeah. So okay. So here's another one: the screaming goats. <laughs> oh yeah, that's oh, true. I would definitely see that. Wait, would you? Oh, that would be yeah. the most annoying movie it would be, ever. It would be horribly That'd annoying. Be like jackass, like, but even right, worse. Right. But it would be great to just see Taylor Swift songs remixed for a whole two hours with goat screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If- I, I I think no matter how many times I watch the goat screaming videos, I laugh every time. Yeah. <laughs> even the humans screaming like goats screaming like humans made me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No matter how meta they get with it, it's still funny. Uh, so. So another one, yeah. just sloths. Sloths are the new kittens on the internet. It's they true. are, and they're dirty. I've seen some dirty sloth accounts. I think. Let's let, give an example. I, I can't even say the word. I think that's one of the seven deadly sins, isn't it? It, 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 it is. Yeah. So it could be. It could be like a morality tale. <laughs> it's okay, a, Je- Jesse. Here's the solution. We have a house, like the Big Brother house, and they, okay. and it's like, but it's all famous animals, like hedgehogs. And sloths yep. and the grumpy cat. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, like a reality show, and they vote yeah. each other off. Or like Bachelor, like, and they all get, they all compete for the one crazy cat lady <laughs> who issues them a red rose every night. Yeah, I'm just, it could work. I would see, I would watch that over the grumpy cat or the or movie or aside from reading the crispy bacon. Well, book. hold on, okay, grumpy cat. I mean, if it's like if they turn it like Alvin and Chipmunks and it's like cheesy, and it's like. Because who was the actor in that? It was the guy from Ed. Jason Lee. Jason Lee. So Jason Lee had quite a you know good career going until he went and did Alvin and the Chipmunks. And so <laughs> then he got like on a weird TBS drop or TNT <laughs> cop drop. Isn't he a Scientologist? I don't know. Maybe I might be thinking of Giovanni Rabisi. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. no, what I'm saying like like when I when I heard like oh man that indie actor. Jason Lee is going to do Alvin. I was like, oh, it'll be co- it'll be cool. It'll be good. You know, no, it's terrible. And so, like, if they do that with Will Ferrell and stuff, then yeah, this is going to be awful. But maybe there's some cool, funny version. It depends on who the director is. And Jason stuff. Lee is a Scientologist. Boom, <laughs> outed. <Yeah. laughs> 
We're like the religious TMZ. Yeah. We're going to out people. Yeah. Hey, so I feel like this Grumpy Cat movie, the phrase will be in the ads, from the people who brought you the mask too. <laughs> the Jamie Kennedy film. <laughs> exactly. The son of mask. <laughs> Speaking of Jamie Kennedy, what's that guy up to? <laughs> he has a movie called Heckler that's really good, a good documentary. Really? About when people hate you. And he goes and meets his critics and he, he says, like, you called the mask too worse than cancer. What did you mean? <laughs> like, it's pretty good. That, that's the entirety of the film? It's just him confront, confronting critics? No, uh, he interviews a bunch of comedians too. And, like, he interviewed, he interview, I mean, Bill Maher, who I don't agree with on most things, says that I thought it was the smartest thing I've heard about haters. He says, you don't get to be a comedian and a performer without being hurt by some of this stuff because to be that you have to be open and sensitive enough to to do material and that being open like that opens you up to being hurt by a, a hater i mm. thought that was good the film's uh-huh. called heckler heckler yeah, it's super dirty i haven't seen it a sinner friend of mine did so whatever <laughs> so they saw it on showtime after tudor's rerun <laughs> it, was on, <laughs> it was on cinemax so yeah. it was fine <laughs> Oh boy. Alright, that'll do it for slices. Stay tuned up next. Beautiful eulogy. Icicle soul say it's lunatic a lie Spit it when I give my five center spinner Call him life giver Spin it how you want it We all spin it how we need it We all bend it how convenient I surrendered sound of reason But the little house he's beating down The brittle batter pieces Is the living palace he inhabits Minutes after swinging You're listening to Heath McNeese The song is Mirror Featuring Play-Doh And Derek Webb Beautiful Eulogy is a Portland-based uh, group made, made up of artists Braille Odd Thomas and Cortland Urbano. The group introduces a distinct and directive sound that's driven by a desire to worship and glorify the God of the Bible based in the context of its members' hip-hop roots and shaped by influences like electronic music, folk, and old hymns. The guys create tracks that are lyric-driven but contain an equally deliberate musical backdrop. The panorama enhances and clarifies the presentation of weighty spiritual and theological truths inviting listeners into the artist's ideas about God. This panorama enhances and clarifies the presentation of weighty spiritual and theological truths, inviting listeners into the artist's ideas about and experiences with God. A little side note, uh, Beautiful Eulogy created the music for and produced Propaganda's album, Excellent, which we're huge fans of. Beautiful Eulogy's debut, called Satellite Kite, serves as a foundational prototype of the group's approach and ambition. You can check them out at HumbleBeast.com. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently spoke to them. Here is Beautiful Eulogy. Greetings from us to you. Pull up a chair. There's a few things we'd like to share. An honest open letter. We address it to whoever, wherever, whenever. You get a chance to listen to what we put together. And just to be clear, what's in your ears is a result of blood, sweat, and tears. Now that we're here, you can hear what we gotta say. And the way we say it, the best way to explain it was to make this and just play it. Ah, uh, this is a little bit love letter and a little bit of incentive. Signed, sealed, and delivered from its center. You have a really unique sound, and it seems sort of uh, surprising that you guys would be able to find each other and create something so I think it would be cool to know how you all met and how you got started making music in the first place Braille uh, has been doing music for probably 15-16 years 17 yeah, yeah I don't know wow. yeah 
And uh, and I've been doing music for roughly 14, 15 years. And we've kind of known each other, kind of in the underground hip hop scene. We ran into each other in different parts of the country at various times. And uh, about 2010-ish, uh, Brian and I connected and uh, we were both thinking about launching a label. Um, and as we were talking about helping each other uh, to establish a record company, we identified that our vision and philosophy for starting a label was very similar. Hmm. So we decided to partner up and start a record company called Humble Beast. Uh, and then after doing Humble Beast for about a year and a half, Royal was working on his record, uh, his solo record called Native Lungs. And Cortland Urbano and myself were pretty involved in that process in terms of the production. We all flew to Colorado to a studio out there and began to work on some production for Braille's new record. And and I think in that moment, we realized that there was this um, incredible incredible chemistry between us and just decided, man, it, it would make sense for us to kind of put our efforts and energy together. I mean, our philosophy of ministry is the same. The way we approach music is the same. Our work ethic is the same. Um, our view of ministry was all the same. And so we just decided, hey, let's let's just try this and see if it works. And then I think a year later, we, we absolutely love uh, what the Lord brought together in our process because it's a great friendship. It's a great ministry. Um, the three of us experience together. It's just a, it's just a surreal experience to create music with these guys. When it's a quarter past midnight and the gray skies fade to black, the waves splash and set me off track. So my vessel might crash or collapse. When I'm attacked and start wrestling in my head with these bad memories from my past, I'm aware of my guilt, overwhelmed, and the smell of my blood has the sharks that surround me cast under a spell. They waited for me to fall, but when I fell, the water got still. And the blood that was built protects me. It's the same blood that cleansed me. My only defense against my nemesis. Now I can rest, knowing that nothing can come against me unless the Father gives consent. Evil intentions will not disturb God. Purposes or interfere, so who shall I fear if my anchor is secure? Learning to consider like when you tell people, like, oh, we're a band, and they say, what kind of music do you do? Do you say, do you say rap? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, I don't know, you can't really, you can't really put it in a category, but you have to put it in a category that would make the most sense to somebody who's going to be listening to it for the first time, right? So, if we try to say folk influenced hip hop, nobody's <laughs> going to know what that means, you know what I mean. <laughs> So yeah. we just had like the most general is just saying it's hip hop. And then, you know, once, once they actually hear it, they'll understand that it's a little bit more diverse than that. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing too with, with hip hop music is that from the beginning, hip hop was always influenced by the genres of music. Really, um, the rhyming and the DJing was indigenous to hip hop, but the rest of it uh, was influenced uh, from other genres of music. So it's quite common, I think, for hip hop to have different types of influences. I think we're embracing that freedom. But yeah, when you start hearing some dudes rapping, regardless of what the melody might be inspired by, whether it was from a soul, you know, a, a melody or a harmony from a soul record or a folk record or whatever, and in our case, not from records at all, creating like some original compositions. But still, once you hear the rhyming, you start, oh, that's that's some hip hop stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just a unique take, I think, on the genre influenced by other genres. There used to be a time when we were fine living life with no particular religious bent. Pretending to be our own gods, defending our own systems of belief so as to not depend. Anything 
nothing other than our own self-governing consent Defending an impending doom with no perceived need to concede to repent Presuming our innocence in a sense descent The sting of death was only the inevitable end Of everything we could never rightly understand or comprehend We used to fear the unknown, so God made himself known And atone, mending the relationship between God and man Giving his life as a ransom for many when he died and ascended And in that one event, the certainty of eternal death was circumvented Making a way for the day when history stops. Tell me a little bit about the process you guys go through as, in terms of writing Because what I hear, what I read is you guys have a more collaborative effort behind what you do than maybe a lot of hip-hop collectives do. Yeah, I think the process in terms of the writing the composition or writing the music, pretty much Cortland Urbano uh, starts the process. He'll come up with a concept or a mood or a vision for, for a song that, that, uh, that he wants to kind of present to us and uh, then if we like it we spend kind of a collaborative amount of time uh, honing in on it, adjusting, maybe replaying some keys, just kind of making it structurally fit uh, and so then once we have the music component resolved um, then I think Braille and I think about various topics that we feel would be beneficial mm-hmm. uh, in terms of communicating ideas about God or you know, his goodness, his faith, his compassion, his mercy. We just kind of think about those things and then we spend roughly 12 to 20 hours studying, um, just kind of absorbing ourselves with the subject or the content so that we can uh, be as articulate as possible. Mm-hmm. And then we kind of come together and we we kind of just bounce ideas off of each other and then it just kind of naturally grows into into a song and it's, it, it is intentional. That's the, that's the main thing, I think, that uh, even when we're starting uh, the demo track or starting the music, a lot of times we have an intention of what we're trying to accomplish. And even if that track takes us a new direction, um, that, that, then we continue to refine the intention and not just call it accidental, but, um, but continue to work at the process until we fully understand what we're trying to communicate, why we're trying to communicate it, and why it's worth communicating. And I think by establishing that, uh, we become completely resolved on what, what our collaborative effort, what the end goal is. And uh, that motivates all of us to, to work as hard as it becomes necessary in order to pull it off and to establish like, if me and Thomas are each writing a verse, it's like, all right, what angle are we each going to even come from yeah. so that we're not just both saying the same exact thing <laughs> yeah. or or just making it such like uh, personal anecdotes but like we challenge each other on which angle to even come from before we even start writing which is why the studying becomes so necessary because we're often drawing from um information and influence that is outside of the realm of just personal experience although it is also um the convictions um are informed by personal experience and since god is compassionate he condescended and became like us as a representative sent for the purpose to make atonement for his own elect and connect the most wretched of men to the throne room the divine architect and so the ineffable, unapproachable God who invented the space in human heart invaded space to reach the depths of human hearts. It's all part of his perfect plan, sinners in the hands of God holding on a kite string, connecting a redeemed humanity by the finished work of the King of Kings. That was Beautiful Eulogy. Follow him on Twitter at beautiful eulogy. All my 
You're listening to We Are the City. The song is Baptism. You'd think it would be backwards. Like, you listen to Baptism, the song is We Are the City. Yeah. But it's not. And read the album title. From the album Violent. Hmm. Yeah, that doesn't go together. Violent, Baptism. That'd the, be awful. In the city. My church does beach <laughs> baptisms mm-hmm. in, the wa- in the waves. Yeah. Like at the beach. Yeah, literally at the beach. and uh, or, or, or a wave pool. No, no. <laughs> the beach. And uh, they're pretty violent. Maybe that We Are the City. I should be playing We Are the City, which sounds like a Christian praise song. It might be the worship team from your church. <laughs> it is. This is a pr- this is, okay. So what we've concluded is the worship team from my church right. started a band called We Are the City. They have the song Baptism from the album Violent because yeah. it's about our beach baptism services. Love glad, it. Glad we could figure that out. Okay. Got to the bottom of that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time for our game. Uh, we, you know, Jesse put together a game. I have no idea what it is. And uh, John will be playing a listener. Now, uh, John tweeted uh, out, and as we did, uh, if you want to play a game against John, you know, you can just tweet us your Skype name. Chad, you selected somebody because of the particular tweet reply that we got. This, this caught my attention. I would relish the opportunity to turn a cuff into a quote-unquote quitter. Let's quote-unquote start this. Skype name go on there you go i like it so uh i think there's a little bit of a challenge okay so welcome to the podcast douglas ogden what's going on everybody so uh where are you from douglas ogden i am originally from sebring florida um now in greensboro north carolina why are you in greensboro north carolina i came here chasing a girl who wanted nothing to do with me and she is now my wife Tell wow, us how you job. pulled. Please tell us how you pulled that off. There, there it, are some it people is, who are it is a long story, but basically, we dated long distance and then broke up. And I called her one day to say, "I was a child and I'm moving to North Carolina to pursue you." She said the famous line of "Don't waste your time." Woo! Um, and I was like, "Well, I'm going to come up there anyway." So after about five months, she decided I was not the worst person in the world. Um, and then about a year and a half later, we got married. Douglas, two questions. One, when you said I was a child, did you say, and now I'm becoming a man? That's question one. <laughs> or now I'm and, all man. <laughs> yeah, now I'm all man. And number two, when did you guys decide to buy an airplane hanger as a home? Um, <laughs> He's referring to the echo on your feed. That's no, okay. Oh, is it? Okay, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> no, I. my theory is he's in the bathroom right now. Yeah. We just, we, we caught him doing uh, multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> or you Douglas, have a large oh, okay, foyer. Douglas, third question. If you had to pick out one song, like you're moving up there. That, like imagine this is an 80s movie and it's a montage of you like jogging and like reading the Bible and like. Becoming like, a man. I'm, just, I'm just getting, getting your life together. shape. Yeah. What song is in the background? Um, the P.D. Pablo song about North Carolina, raise up, take your shirt off, spin it on. <laughs> Wrong answer. Boys are back in town. <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot the theme of the summer. Um, yeah. I, I don't remember the first question. I, I think you answered it. Yeah. <laughs> you said something about your airplane hangar house. Yeah. Jesse's- it's just a large marble foyer. <laughs> a lot of marble in the home. Play this game. I think Douglas sounds awesome. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, All right. Jesse, take it away. Okay, the game is called He Got... It's called, sorry, I already messed it up. Okay, it's called The He Got Game Game. <laughs> well, that's good because because Douglas Ogden clearly has said game. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how the He Got Game Game works is you are going to each receive a piece of basketball trivia. Now, I should say... Well, for, first off, John, you're pretty much a, a sports aficionado, am I right? I mean, you brought a baseball slice. 
Yeah, I'm a sports aficionado. Um, Hall of Fame in a lot of ways. But it's all Boston <laughs> sports. I mean, if you want to talk Orlando-based championships, I don't know much about that. <laughs> All right, so well, there is there is one Kevin Garnett question on here, but we'll get to that. So it's it's basically uh, basketball-related questions, but regular sports trivia knowledge isn't going to help you much in this game. So you'll each get a question alternating. There'll be multiple choice answers. Whoever gets the most right wins the game. All right, John. So the first question goes to you. Which of the following was not a hidden player in NBA Jam or NBA Jam Tournament Edition? Are you familiar with these video games? Yeah, you catch fire, right? Yeah, oh, you catch fire, all right. Oh. So one, one of these was not a playable hidden character in the game. Okay. Was it the, uh, the Fresh Prince era Will Smith, the rapper Heavy D from the group Heavy D and the Boys, Vanilla Ice, George Clinton of the Parliament Funkadelic, or former President Bill Clinton. Only one of them was not a playable character in the NBA Jam series. I, ooh. I do not believe Vanilla Ice was a playable character. You are correct, sir. Boom! Wow, one nothing. Wow. wow. Right out the gate. Wow. wow. All right, Douglas. Okay, so the ABA was a was an alternative league back in the day that had a little more flair than the NBA. Maybe you've seen the Will Ferrell movie based on the ABA. So I'm going to give you a couple players that were actual ABA players. Uh, they all had pretty uh, cool nicknames. You have to tell me which one was not an actual ABA player nickname. All right? Yeah. So here yeah. are your choices. Glenn, the Kentucky Rifle Combs. Marvin the Magician Jackson, Warren Checkmate Davis, Frankie Hot Dog Fingers Malone, Billy the Kangaroo Kid Cunningham, or Ted Hound Dog McLean. <laughs> so you got the Kentucky Rifle, the Magician, Checkmate, Hot Dog Fingers, the Kangaroo Kid, or Hound Dog. Hot dog fingers sounds too good to be true, but sometimes that's the trick. I'm going to say that the fake one is Checkmate. I'm sorry. Word Checkmate Davis was an actual player. You should have gone with your gut. Frankie Hot Dog Fingers Malone. Is <laughs> ah, all right. One nothing. Eight cuffs up. All right, John. So one of these teams, only one of these teams I'm going to name, plays above the Division three level in college basketball. When you say above, you mean they play Division four? Oh, I should say Division Two or higher. Okay. So, so all of these are Division Three basketball schools, except for one. One plays Division Two. Okay. So, is it the Rhode Island Anchormen, the Delta State Fighting Okra, the Whittier State, uh, the Whittier College Poets, the UC Santa Cruz Banana Slugs, or the Scottsdale Community Fighting Artichokes? So. You're asking me which one plays Division Two or higher? Correct. At the Banana Slugs. Sorry, it's the Fighting Okra. Ah! Uh. Fighting Okra are a D2 school. That question was... Yeah. Oh, <laughs> critiquing. Wow. Your Boston sports knowledge didn't help you, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it was so confusing. <laughs> All right, Douglas. Which of the following Chicago, former Chicago Bulls had a sandwich named after him Uh, following the 1998 NBA championship. I'm going to name five sandwiches. You have to tell me which one is the actual one. This is the 1998 NBA championship. Was it the Pipe and Hot 
Pippin Pizza Sub from Arby's, named after Scotty Pippin. The McDonald's Beef Winnington, named after Bill Winnington. The Mackerel Jordan Sandwich from Captain D's, named for Michael Jordan. The Luke Foot Longley Meatball Sub from Subway. Or the Kerr Burger from Burger King. I'm going to have to go with uh, Mr. Luke Longley. I'm sorry, the Luke Foot Longley Meatball Sub is made up. It's the McDonald's Beef Winnington, named after center Bill Winnington. <laughs> oh, that's a hard one. Wow, oh, that's tough. It's a deep cut. That is extremely deep. Still one nothing, right? Yep. All right. One nothing. All right, John, time for you to get back in this game. What? John's in the game. He's already, he's yeah, he's already I'm, winning. I'm winning. <laughs> I haven't been keeping score. Okay. <laughs> time for you to take a commanding lead. Which of the following was the most boss basketball shoes you could own in eighth grade? I already know the answer is British Knights, but go ahead and read the question. <laughs> well, British Knights is one of the choices. No, but go on, let me hear the choices. Okay, the choices are British Knights, LA Gear, Kangaroos. But remember with Kangaroos, they had a secret pocket on the side, okay? Uh, the Xanthu Xavier McDaniel signature shoe, or the Etonic Hakeem Elijahwan signature series. Now, is this answer based on your opinion? No, this is factual. Which one was the most boss to own in eighth grade? <laughs> uh, I'm going with Etonics. I'm sorry. The correct answer was kangaroos. They had a secret pocket on the side. That, how is that a factual answer? <laughs> hey, I, I put a lot of research into this game. Secret pocket beats everything. Hey, Douglas, it's make them up time, so good luck. <laughs> 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 all, all right, Douglas. Um, the shortest player in NBA history was how tall? 411, 5'3, 5'5, or 5'7. Bonus point if you can name the player's name. Now, just just to clear this up, is this a real short tall a short person or just what you personally feel is short? <laughs> John, I'm sorry. It, kangaroos were the most boss <laughs> shoe you could own. They had a secret pocket on the side. I, I believe this is uh, another fact and not opinion. I believe it was Mr. Muggsy Bogues who was five foot three. Oh, you are correct. Charlotte Hornets, man. That's right. That's right. Uh, soon to be renamed Charlotte Hornets. Right. Let's hope so. Okay. It's gonna John, happen. I think this one will get you back in the game. This one's 50-50, and it is a uh, fact, just like how boss Wait, kangaroos Wait, back in were. the game, it's 1-1. Yeah. I haven't been keeping score. <laughs> that, that, John, that joke is like a fine wine that gets better every time. <laughs> <laughs> John, true or false? Deshaun Stevenson of the Atlanta Hawks has a massive tattoo of former President William McKinley on his neck. True that or is false? Do you know what the actual tattoo on his neck is? I've already won the point, but I, I believe the isn't it uh, Lincoln? It is a massive tattoo of Abraham Lincoln on his neck. Woo! Correct. Wow, two one. So you have you have now taken the lead. He's back in the game. I'm not. I'm not keeping score. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you guys laughing at that? Okay. Uh, all right, Douglas. Are you? Did you see the the Shaquille O'Neal film Kazam? Uh, only only bits and pieces of whatever was on you know one Saturday morning cartoons. Well, uh, I'm gonna read a couple quotes from the Rotten Tomatoes review of Kazam. You have to tell me which one is made up. All right. Okay. Okay. So Kazam puts up a brick. Like a backboard on the receiving end of one of Shaq's slam dunk, Kazam has shattered the basketball star's hope of future movie roles. 
As for Shaquille O'Neal, given his own three wishes the next time, he should go for a script, a director, and an interesting character. Overall, compelling argument for the $121 million Los Angeles Lakers center to keep his day job. Which one of those is not an actual Rotten Tomatoes review of the film Kazam? Um, I'm going to say the three wishes of a, a script, a director, and an interesting character. I'm sorry, it's the one about the backboard shattering, just like Shaq's movie star hopes. <laughs> hey, Douglas Ogden, I looked you up on Twitter. Number one, I recognize you. Number two, in your Twitter picture, you have enormous mutton chops. Yeah. Is that still the case? That, that is. I had to trim them a couple weeks ago uh, for my wife's cousin's wedding, um, but they're on their way back. Number three, you're not wearing a wedding ring in your photo. Oh, that was taken in 2010. I'm uh, coming up on my first anniversary. Oh. Okay, that's good. And number four, I was trying. I was curious about you, so I, I, I clicked to see your little Twitter bio, and you Jesus juked me with the, with the scripture, and you put Jesus as the attribution. So we don't know anything about you other than you just put a Jesus quote on there. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to know? <laughs> I want to know you've got a you've got like a forearm wristband in the photo. It's true. It does. Yeah. yeah. What's going on with that? Is that for sweat? Uh, it, it, it used to be for sweat, uh, and then when I stepped off the basketball court, it became purely for style. So um, th- that's a daily thing for you. It, it used to be, but my wife said I either have to wear a wedding ring for her or that, so I chose the wedding ring. Good choice. <laughs> so, so yeah, I guess my question would be, what would a non-scriptural bio be for you for Twitter? Um, I have 20 brothers and sisters. You do not. Shut up. You do I not. Do. Um, no, really? It's illegal. I, I grew up with seven. <laughs> my parents had seven, same parents. Um, but a few years ago, my dad married a lady who has 14 children. Oh my goodness. What? So we are Doesn't technically that make, that makes 21, 21, right? 21. Wow. Well, 21. Wow. wow. What's Christmas morning like? Well, I haven't even met all of them. Most of us were adults when they got married, so I haven't even met them all. That's crazy. What? But my dad, my dad is going to be 70 when the youngest one graduates high school. What? Wow. <laughs> How do you feel about that? Uh, I mean, I'm fine with it. It doesn't really affect me. So, so that's your Twitter bio. <laughs> yeah, one of uh, I, I'm, I think I'm like number 14 in the order, maybe. So I would say, you know, middle I'm, child. <laughs> yeah, somewhere in the middle. I'm one of the uh, 19 middle children. <laughs> wow, I don't think I've ever met anybody with that story. That's that's yeah. pretty impressive. I'm ready for my next question. Let's do this. Okay, so another shoe question. <laughs> I know how much you like the last one, John. Uh, only one of these is not a 90s basketball shoe. The Reebok Shacknosis, the Fila Spider Attack, the Reebok Kamikaze, or the Nike Air Maestro. Which one is not a shoe from the 90s? The first one. The Shacknosis? Yep. Sorry, it's the Spider Attack. Wow. Ah! Can someone help me out with the score? I haven't been keeping. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's two to one. All right. Well, this is the this is the final question. Uh oh. This this makes ten. Well, this is like all or nothing. I mean, this is like the two pointer. Okay. Yeah. So agreed. This is... If Douglas gets this, it's a two pointer. He wins three two. Right. There you go. And he backs up his smack talk with it. Well, he's got his uh, his his sweatband on his arm right now. So. <laughs> all right. So uh, Kevin Garnett is no fan of the suits of uh, announcer Craig Sager. I think we all are aware of that. Are you familiar with the wardrobe of Craig, Craig Sager, Douglas? I, I very much am, yeah. Okay, so which one of these uh, did Kevin Garnett not say to Craig Sager about his clothing? Okay, so these are actual post-game quotes from Kevin Garnett to Craig okay. Sager. Take this suit home and burn it, and the shoes too. 
burn them. No questions asked. Burn them with the red socks, which the people can't see at home. Okay? Stop wearing stuff like this when you're doing real interviews. You look like a Christmas ornament. I see you still ain't got no stylist. That's the other one. What, was Ron Burgundy having a garage sale? Or finally, you don't come in here with that outfit on and ask that type of question. What was your motivation for wearing this today? So one of those was not a quote from Kevin Garnett to Craig Sager about his suits. Okay, I was going to say I'm pretty sure Kevin Garnett doesn't even know what a Christmas ornament is. Um, But I would say uh, I'm going to scratch that, though, and go with the Ron Burgundy quote and say that was fake. Douglas steps back behind the three-point line at the buzzer for the win. You are correct. Well played, Douglas. Thank you, sir. Nice. That sounded like Jesse. I didn't see him quoting Anchorman either. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, Douglas, I'm excited. I'm excited about your win. I'm so glad you want a subscription to Relevant. That's awesome. And his autographed copy of Start. I was going to say, we're going to find a John Acuff book lying around the office and just sign it from us and send it to him. <laughs> Douglas, let me ask you this. What, what size shoes do you wear? I want to send you a... Uh, a pair of really boss shoes. <laughs> uh, I, I would prefer the Shaq Gnosis. I'm, I'm a 10. Well, I'm, I told you they're roost. They got a secret pocket on the side. So. <laughs> you, just, you just lost your chance. You asked one question that wasn't fact. And it was that one. <laughs> it is fact. I, I gave you a hint. I said they have a secret pocket. You can I'm put gonna, coins I'm in there. Use, I'm going to use oh, that secret pocket from my sweatband. Nice, there you go. That's nice. good. All right. Well, thanks, Douglas. Thanks for playing. Thanks, thanks yeah, Douglas. Thank you, good yes. job, man. Stay tuned. Up next feedback You're listening to the Olms. The song is Wanna Feel It. Okay, it's time for your feedback. And to kick things off with feedback, we are letting John go. Yeah. Just like that. My feedback is pretty good show. Um, (laughs) I feel like got away from us there in the middle. Um, Towards the end, we just, I don't know what we were doing. Yeah, it came off the rails, went in the ditch, and that was it. Yeah, the... I think one of the calls was questionable. Um, one of the, the questions. I won't say which one. <laughs> yeah, well, we'll just say this. You have a question. You, your eighth grade self had a questionable style, uh, taste in footwear. Okay. I, I wore a uh, bow tie to the eighth grade dance. So I had a questionable lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. John, thanks for joining us. Well, it was awesome, guys. Enjoy the rest of the show. It was fun. Thanks. Okay, it's time for your feedback. Uh, last week, we asked you. Oh, boy. So I was in a lobby at a convention center once, in case you didn't hear it, and the lobby shared three exhibit halls. And then the three halls, three events were happening at the same time. A high school cheerleading competition, a boat show, and a comic con. So all of those three crowds uh, piled into this one atrium. I sat there for an hour and people watched. It was Nirvana. Um, It got me thinking... Uh, this should be a film. There should be a film. You know, there was Mall Rats. There was other films that you know. There should be a film about this atrium right now. Uh, so last week we asked you to turn the convergence of a high school cheerleading competition, Comic Con, and boat show 
into a summer blockbuster. You went over to the podcast episode page at relevantmagazine.com. A few of you posted very thoughtful replies. Here's a couple of our favorites. Okay, so uh, Laura Bastone uh, says that for her movie uh, about, about this insane scenario, it only needs one key component, Officer John McClane from the Die Hard series. Mm-hmm. So our old pal John McClane is, is, I'm assuming, she doesn't put this in there, but I'm assuming he's retired from all this police business. He's just trying to enjoy his retirement and just take his granddaughter to a cheerleading competition. He's overwhelmed by the glitter and team spirit, so he decides just to check out the boat show and Comic-Con that also happened to be taking place at the same time at the convention center. But there, he quickly discovers some nefarious plot is afoot when he finds a yacht filled with explosives. Terrorists quickly take over the entire convention center uh, and demand that the U.S. government pay a ransom slash free political prisoners slash in space travel slash stop putting fluoride in the water. The only way that John McClane can save the day is with the help of a nerdy but brilliant Trekkie and a preppy cheerleading coach. yippee ki convention lovers. Title, Die Unconventional. <laughs> wow. That's pretty yeah. good. That's not bad. Taking, uh, it, taking it a dark route. Yeah. Violent. I like it. That's not bad. Well, <laughs> it's very gritty. I would see it, though. <laughs> of course. Christine Schofield uh, took hers in a completely different direction. I really like this um, because we all know Arrest- Arrested Development has just come back on the air. Uh, or Netflix. I shouldn't is say it, is the that air. What you call it? No, yeah. you wouldn't call it the yeah. air. You would just say, it's just, it's come, just back come back to Netflix. It's just come back. It's just come back. Yeah, sure. um, I hope this is one of the episodes. Uh, the convention center scenario is like an Arrested Development movie, Mad Libs. Uh, any character could end up being at any one of these events, but here's the scenario to get the ball rolling. Tobias has found a new calling as a cheerleader coach. Lindsay desperately <laughs> seeks, seeks attention from the nerds at Comic-Con and fails, of course. And Michael is looking to buy a boat so he can take George Michael on a father-son sailing trip. But in true Michael form, he forgets about his son when Job has some kind of magic emergency that only Michael can help with. You're welcome, Mitch Hurwitz. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah, I like well, that. considering I, there was a plot that involved a, a, a magic trick with the Bluth family boat. That's yeah, right. the boat, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd watch it. I like it. I'd There's like more. It. Go check them out at the episode page at relevantmagazine.com. We, we, we should also say that there was a couple of Minnesota listeners that were not happy about our comments. Yeah, hold on. We got the com- corrections and apologies segment oh, okay. coming up right now. Oops, I... So last week, um, we had a few. Uh, number one... Yeah, the Minnesota people thought that we were not as positive. I don't. They, they were mad. Yeah, they I, I, I'm just gonna say you call one. They, you know, sure we missed up a couple facts about your elaborate tunnel system. Sorry, we called you cannibals. Oh the reaction was almost Canadian, if you know oh. what I'm saying. You know, like just well, they're like, pretty close geographically. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, oh, so they have little Canadian tendencies. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay. Well, we understand. So now, basically, only. If you live south of the Mason-Dixon line, should you listen to the podcast? <laughs> we should apologize. Oh, well, we did We did say some disparaging... Well, I guess it's not disparaging. T-Tops are boss, so that's kind of cool about North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we apologize to the people of Minnesota and Canada. Again. Because they're, they're near each other. Um, and, and, and we got a correction. Uh, Benjamin Getz tweeted us a correction. Zach Braff has fronted a large sum of his own money toward the Wish I Were Here Kickstarter. So uh, Je- half of Jesse's points are null and void whoa, 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 because wait, Zach me... Braff is putting up his own money. 
Let, let me issue a correction to that correction. I will say that does absolute that is true. Zach Braff has said that he will be contributing money to the the funding of his movie, which we we did not say. In fact, we we led listeners to believe to the contrary. He didn't front it though. He said that he would make up the difference. But the only wrinkle in that is he has also now accepted a traditional funding deal from a a. Uh, group that that funds hollywood films so uh he is kicking he says that the funding will now come from three sources the kickstarter campaign his own contribution and a traditional uh, uh funding agreement all right all right there you go okay so it's time for this week's editorial question of the week well this week uh, was a very special episode we we cut out all the talk that made it a very special episode, right. but we just wanted you to know that it was one. <laughs> yeah, you would have loved it if you heard all of it, but we can't do it. It was yeah. too special. Really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's too special. Um, <laughs> anyway, we had John Acuff sitting in with us for most of the show as a you know de facto podcast member, guest host. Uh, got us thinking since we you know are mad that Tyler abandoned us and we want to keep him in timeout for a little while longer. Yeah, who else should we have guest host the show? Who would you like us to get on as a guest host to sit in on the Old Relevant Podcast? Uh, tell us not just names, but why or what we should do with them. That would be and if and if possible, contact information. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Publicist phone number would be very, very helpful. <laughs> yeah. So, so tell us who we should uh, pursue and what we should do with said person, and uh, we'll get the wheels in motion. I'm going with a Rod. He's. I think he's going to have some time on his hand. <laughs> he's going to be suspended for a hundred games. Wow. He's got nothing else to do. So. 100 games, that's like a fifth of the season, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Cameron and his love for baseball. Mm. Um, so. I, I want to get Terrell Owens to talk about that <laughs> a thousand touchdown career. <laughs> that's that's a quite the feat. <laughs> uh, so hit us up at... <laughs> Uh, on Twitter, I'm just that's that's yeah, that's a good story. This up on Twitter at Relevant Podcast. You can post on our uh, Facebook page, Relevant Podcast Facebook page, or go over to the episode page at relevantmagazine.com and tell us your suggestions and what we should do. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Many thanks to John Acuff for uh, sitting in with us. Check out his brand new book, Start. New York Times bestseller. You can get the audio book for free uh, at audiblepodcast.com slash relevant if you want to do that. Uh, you can get the book everywhere books are sold. And if you want to hang out with both of us this fall in September, you should uh, go to his start conference in Nashville. I'll be there. Uh, you can find out more at johnacuff.com. And remember, you get a cheaper price with the code relevant. Thanks also to Beautiful Eulogy. Make sure to check out their new album, Satellite Kite. And uh, find out more at humblebeast.com or follow them on Twitter at Beautiful Eulogy. On that note, we'll wrap it. Remember, next week, Maya and maybe Tyler will be back. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. For Chad Michael Snavely, we'll see you next week. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Go follow us on Twitter, at Relevant Podcast. And for more great content, check out relevantmagazine.com.
What's the deal with warp whistles? You miss like half the game. <laughs> 